Howdy and welcome. This is Talk the Plank, episode 52 of Pittsburgh Pirates podcast on SB Nation's Bucks Dugout. I'm Nathan Hirsch. It's a solo pod, and I'm here today to talk about a pretty eventful few days for the Pirates here. The stove has been hot in the uh, in Major League Baseball in general, and it's been hot because come midnight tonight, the lights will shut off for Major League Baseball as the impending lockout will begin. That'll be December 1st. I'm recording on... Uh, November 30th, third Tuesday, sorry. It's about 7 o'clock right now. That's when I am recording. Um, but, yeah, lots of big deals overall in Major League Baseball. You see Corey Seager signing for $300 million plus with the Rangers. Marcus Simeon also going to the Rangers. Javi Baez going to the Tigers. A lot of big names going to crappy teams, to be honest. It's kind of cool to see that. But this is a Pirates podcast, and um, – we talk Pirates here, obviously. And some moves have been made. First order of business, the Jose Quintana signing was made official. One year, $2 million. We pretty much covered that on the last pod. The corresponding move, slightly surprising. Uh, Stephen Brault was designated for assignment. Um, I'm not sure he should clear waivers and get optioned to the minors if he so chooses, or he might just decide to be a free agent. I'm not sure, but, uh, yeah, either way, he'll probably, he probably would have been non-tendered anyway, if they DFA'd him. So he'll probably be a free agent, but Brault gone and he was good with the pirates at times, mostly inconsistent, and the injuries kind of just piled up. So if you think about it, not all that surprising. But whenever you look at some of the other names on this 40-man roster, slightly surprising. Stephen Brault's gone, though. Another move that was made, the Pirates officially signed Yoshi Susugo to a one-year $4 million deal. Once again, on last week's pod, I kind of pondered whether or not the deal would get done. It does. One year, $4 million. The corresponding move there is that the Pirates DFA'd Colin Moran. Another slightly-ish surprising move. Uh, Moran, I would say, is worse than Yoshi. At least he was worse in the six weeks Yoshi was here. Once again, the sample size, not all that huge. I guess you could look at it as Quintana and Yoshi are an upgrade over Stephen Brault and Colin Moran, but kind of surprising to see Moran go, considering, once again, the overall talent on this roster. But to be honest, I'm not – I don't really have a problem with it. Uh, Moran, you know, he had a negative war last season. He is a slightly above-average hitter at first base, a position where more than above average hitting is required. And it's not like defensively he brought much to the table. And speed-wise, he brought absolutely less than nothing to the table. So overall, as a player, not all that valuable. I'm not all that sad to see Colin Moran go. Um, The big move that happened yesterday, and this... This got the attention of Pirates Twitter, and Pirates Twitter 
kind of uh kind of burned after this after this move but Jacob Stallings great starting catcher for the Pirates um in terms of defense he won a gold glove and he was a three win catcher last season he was solid he was traded to the Miami Marlins for right-handed pitchers Zach Thompson, Kyle Nicholas, and outfielder Connor Scott. Now, Thompson, we'll, we'll start with him first. We'll go over these pitchers. Zach Thompson got his first taste of Major League action last year with the Marlins, and he was pretty solid, actually. 26 games, or 14 starts, 75 total innings. Uh, the strikeout numbers... Not all that great. Strikeout rate of 21%. Not crazy high. The walk rate, slightly high, 8.9%. You'd like to see a higher K-to-walk ratio. Do the math there. That's 12.1%. But the ERA was solid. 324 was the ERA. Uh, the peripherals aren't quite as great. The, the XERA, 371. His FIP, 369. XFIP, though, quite a bit higher at 465. Overall on fan graphs, they had his war at 1.3. So 75 innings of 1.3 war. If you double his innings, then he's a two and a half win pitcher. Hopefully with the Pirates, it adds starting pitcher depth. It adds swingman depth. You start looking at the starting rotation. I couldn't remember it last time, but if I had to guess the opening day starting rotation the five pitchers I would choose would be JT Brubaker um, and this is in no particular order but it's looking like JT Brubaker Mitch Keller Jose Quintana um, Zach Thompson and pick 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 one of these guys it could be Bryce Wilson it could be Miguel Yajure it could be Dylan Peters it could be whoever um I'll tell you who it can't be, and this is some breaking news live on the pod two minutes ago. Alex Stumpf of DK Pittsburgh Sports uh, tweeted that the Pirates have non-tendered Chad Cole, so he will not be with the team next season, unless, of course, you know, they sign him to a much team-friendlier deal, which usually when players are non-tendered, they're not brought back, but Cole is now a free agent. On the flip side, the Pirates have agreed to a contract with Kevin Newman. So Kevin Newman will be back. I've uh, kind of thought that would be the case all along. $1.95 million for one year. That, that's for Kevin Newman. He will probably be back, or uh, he'll probably be the starting shortstop on opening day, if I had to guess. Um also, obviously, Brian Reynolds' contract has been uh, tendered as well, as has Chris Stratton. So, yeah. Bye-bye, Chad Cool, and welcome back, Kevin Newman, Brian Reynolds, and Chris Stratton. That, I'm reading that right now as, uh, as I do the pod live here. Here on Spotify Green Room, if you'd like to uh, come join, please do. If you'd like to comment while here, please do. Always welcoming of that. But yeah, back to the trade though. Zach Thompson, I believe he will fit into the starting rotation for the Pirates next season. Once again, 
Got his first taste of the bigs last season. He's older, 28 years old now, so he has team control all throughout pretty much his career. I mean, I don't see him. We'll see if he can ever be a free agent, but if he is, he'll be 34 by then, 34, 35. But uh, when you look at his repertoire, Thompson has average fastball, slightly above average slider, slightly below average curveball and the command is slightly below average but last season Thompson started off pretty well and um kind of teetered off at the end there but once again 2022 the Pirates have made it abundantly clear that this is not the time to add and we could get to that in a little bit but uh Thompson will be asked to eat innings as will Quintana as will every starting pitcher at this point, it's uh, not quite time for winning yet, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, we got Aiden here. Aiden, would you like to speak one second here? Aiden, what is going on? What's up? Welcome to Talk the Plank. Okay, so like, do you have anything for the schedule today? Sorry, what was that? Do you have anything scheduled today? I have nothing scheduled today except doing this podcast. What does that mean? I I think you might be in the wrong place. This is a Pittsburgh Pirates podcast uh, that I'm doing right now. But thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Back to the Jacob Stallings trade here. Uh, Moving on. The next guy they got that I will talk about is uh, Connor Scott. He's not the big piece in this deal, but uh, he's an outfielder, 22 years old. He was a first-round pick in 2018. At this point, he has made it to high A for Miami this past season in high A. 435 plate appearances. He hit 10 home runs. Um, Overall line, 276, 333, 446. Above average hitter all in all. Looking at his tools on Fangraph. Average hitter uh, has good power potential. He's fast, 70 speed, and um, the fielding should get better as he develops. They have him as a 40-plus future value on fan grabs, and I've seen a lot of people on Twitter kind of comparing him. They've kind of projected him, sorry, as a fourth outfielder. But once again, we'll see. I'll get into the overall philosophy here in a second, like I said. The third piece in this Stallings trade, though, was Kyle Nicholas. And once again, he... 22 years old. He's going to turn 23 when the season starts. Um, He was a comp pick, second rounder, 61st overall pick for the Marlins in 2020. And in double A this year, 39 innings, 252 ERA. Struggled a little bit. Well, struggled a lot a bit with the walks, but this guy strikes out a lot of uh, hitters. He also walks a lot of hitters. Command is the issue. He throws really fast, though, has a great slider. But command, I think, will be the difference whether he's a starter or reliever. But if his floor is a solid 
reliever. I don't hate it. Perhaps he could be a back-end reliever if everything goes right. Overall, package-wise for Stallings, I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not underwhelmed. But the thing, the big thing that I've been seeing on Twitter, and I understand that Twitter's not real life, but I get a lot of my Pirates news there. And a lot of the takes is just people are pissed. They're pissed they traded Stallings. They, I don't know really what people expected to get. I get that the argument, the overall argument I'm seeing is that the Pirates should be keeping players like Stallings. And they should be signing players now to help build a better team in 2022. But I hate to say it. I'm one of those people that was hopeful of that too, but I hate to say it. That's just not how things are going to happen. The pirates are not going to spend money until they absolutely, absolutely think they have a chance at winning. And even then they're going to spend the absolute bare minimum. We know as pirates fan, how, how this works. Bob Nutting is the cheapest owner in all of sports. He is. We know this. I don't know why every offseason we expect different things. And I see a lot of people pretty much crapping all over Ben Sherrington for making these moves. What what has Ben Sherrington done that has has made you mad? I get it. You know, I've said this before where in the rebuild, the easiest part of a rebuild is tearing everything down. It is. It's trading your good players for prospects. And I did, I was kind of naive. I did think that this was it. I thought after the trade deadline when they got rid of Frazier and all the players that they got rid of, I thought the the teardown was completely finished. Well, it wasn't. Jacob Stallings, I think now, I might still be naive, but I think now that the teardown is completely done. At this point, you look at the 40-man roster, there's, there's no one um, making more than $5 million, and the player that is making $5 million, I'll get to him in a little bit, the free agent catcher, Roberto Perez, who will be replacing Stallings. We'll get to that in a little bit. But overall, I mean, there's no one left to trade. Uh, but the job that Sherrington has done, I just, I don't understand the, what has he done that's been wrong? He has to work for Bob Nutting too. I don't, like, expecting him to sign anyone at this point is naive if you've followed this team for any amount of time, especially over the past five years or so when they've been completely garbage. But, you know, you look at the Pirates' top 10 prospects, according to MLB.com, Henry Davis, number one prospect. Well, that's Sherrington's draft pick. Priester and Cruz, those are Neil Huntington guys. I'll give them that. Nick Gonzalez, Sherrington draft pick. Paguero, Sherrington trade acquisition in the Marte deal. Rowanzi Contreras, trade acquisition in the tie-on deal. So I don't understand this, this kind of narrative that has popped up that Ben Sherrington can't make good trades. I get that not every trade is going to work out. I mean, you're, you're seeing it now. The Josh Bell trade looks pretty crappy at this point. They got Will Crow and Eddie Yeen. But the fact that the Pirates got uh, Rowanzi Contreras, Miguel Yehure, who could be two future starters in the rotation, and Cannon Smith in Jigba. Yes, I figured out how to say his name. He could potentially be a bench bat or a starting outfielder. Who knows? The fact that they got all of that for tie-on should be celebrated. The fact that they got 
Paguero, who to me looks like he'll at least be a competent MLB starter, which I guess doesn't sound that great, but he has star potential. To me, I was watching some highlights today. He kind of gives me some Gene Segura vibes. I know some people compared his swing to Ronald Acuna, which let's pray, but um, he's looking really solid. He's the fifth overall prospect. Then you look at the draft this season. Again, they took Davis. They got Anthony Solomento. They got Bubba Chandler. They spent, they overspent in the middle rounds to get awesome talent in the draft. Solid job, Sherrington there. And once again, we do know that Bob Nutting is willing to spend MLB draft pool money, which, of course, he does not deserve a pat on the bat back for that whatsoever. I mean, if you're not doing that, then just completely get out. But it was a solid draft from Sherrington is what I'm trying to say. Tucapita Marcano, ninth overall, got him in the Frazier deal. I'm not really sure what to expect from him. He might suck at hitting. We'll see. But uh, another sharing to guide. The farm system is loaded at this point, I would say. And at this point, Stallings, the Stallings trade, it's just another example of, all right, they traded Stallings to get Zach Thompson, who maybe his ceiling is being a fifth starter, which that fine. He'll eat innings this year. They just added two more lottery tickets to the farm system. And that is all Sherrington has been doing since becoming the GM of the pirates. He's just added tons and tons and tons of prospects with, you know, with the expectation that most of them will not work out. But the thing is, you only need a few of them to work out. So if you look at the top 30, if seven or eight of those guys are solid major league players, then it worked out. And that's all he's doing. He's just adding lottery tickets. I, I can't fault that philosophy, especially when Bob Nutting is your owner, especially when Bob Nutting is the guy who will not spend a cent. He won't. I kind of tweeted about it yesterday. It would be actually hilarious if the Pirates had a payroll under $20 million this upcoming season. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think it's probably going to be in the 30s, though. Um, But at this point, it's completely, completely torn down. And, yeah, 2022 really is going to suck. It's going to suck. I don't want to say it's going to suck more than 2021. Once again, disclaimer, that's if there's a 2022, but we all know that. Assuming there's a 2022, though, they're going to suck. You hope Reynolds continues to be great. You hope Hayes takes a step forward. You hope O'Neill Cruz comes up and balls out. You hope Contreras comes up and immediately just becomes a solid starting pitcher. But outside help ain't coming anytime soon. It just isn't. And to continue to expect that it might is just naive. And it sucks, and we could bitch about it all we want, but it's just not going to happen. It just isn't. And I'm not saying that's right. It's completely wrong. But I'm sorry. Whenever you're a Pirates fan, you know what you signed up for. I mean, it just is what it is. We can cry and moan about it all day long, but it is what it is. It just is. And I'm sorry for that. Um. Anyway, that's my little rant there. Overall, the Stallings trade, whatever. We'll see how it works out. 
to uh, continue on here, the Pirates did sign Stallings' replacement, and that is Roberto Perez. And, I mean, if if you could think of a clone for Jacob Stallings, that's exactly what Roberto Perez is. If anything, he might, uh, he might be better defensively. Two-time Gold Glove winner. At this point, he is 32 years old. He'll be 33 when the season starts. Um, he's going to be the Pirates' starter. There's no, there's no doubt about that. But yeah, awesome defensive catcher. Can't hit a lick. Although I will say, in 2019, 24 home runs, 452 slugging, 102 WRC plus. He was a three-win catcher then. 2020, who cares? Not a real season. And then this past season, uh, he only appeared in 44 games, 161 plate appearances. He hit 149. So very Michael Perez season for Roberto Perez last season. We might have double Perez's for uh, the catching tandem this season. Do not be surprised at all as Michael Perez cleared the uh, waivers and he's back with the Pirates in I believe the minors, but um, yeah, Roberto Perez, one year, $5 million for the Pirates. I see some people saying, okay, well, this is basically the Pirates sign Roberto Perez. They have Zach Thompson. They have Kyle Nicholas. They have Connor Scott, and they got rid of Stallings. Overall, I mean, that looks fine enough for me. Um, Once again, I'm just, I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not underwhelmed. We just have to wait and see what happens with all of these trades, all of these uh, pickups and whatnot. Looking at Roberto Perez a little more, though, at least he walks 10% of the time. Uh, his career rate is actually closer to 11%. Strikes out a ton, too. Like I said, has a little bit of pop. And I guess if I had to, he kind of gives me some Rob Rajas vibes offensively. Definitely not defensively. If he's awesome defensively and he is a slightly below average hitter, you'll take that every day of the week. Even if he's an 80 WRC plus type hitter, it's fine. Bring that awesome, awesome defense. Um, Someone on Twitter pointed this out. I forget who, but it was a good point. Uh, Roberto Perez has experience catching a lot of great pitchers during his time in Cleveland. So perhaps he could use that to help some of the young pitchers here in Pittsburgh and kind of coach them into being, being solid. We'll see. But uh, Roberto Perez, he will be the starting pitcher. I mean, sorry, starting catcher for the pirates um, in 2022. Some other news here. Cody Ponce was released. Sorry to see you go, Cody. Hope things work out for you. He is signing in Japan, I believe. And uh, perhaps for someone like him, you go over to Japan, get some solid experience there, get some innings there. And there's some pitchers, they go to Japan, have success, come back to the majors, and they have greater success the second time through. So perhaps that could be the case for Cody Ponce, wishing him the best Funny little story that kind of brewed up on Twitter over the past few days. Pirates fans have really 
they've really uh, they've wanted to see Andrew McCutcheon come back to Pittsburgh, and there's been a lot of uh, suspect Twitter accounts, you know, floating out rumors, this and that. And one Twitter account, I don't even, I don't think it's even worth mentioning mentioning the account, but they're basically like, oh. Andrew McCutcheon has interest in, or there's mutual interest between the Pirates and Andrew McCutcheon in a reunion. He wants to retire as a Pirate, blah, 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 blah. And McCutcheon retweeted, or he tweeted back just the cap emoji. And for those of you out there that are not familiar with the term cap, cap means lie. So he's basically saying that's cap or that's bull or that's a lie. Um, 93.7, the fan misunderstood the the, uh, terminology, if you will, and they wrote a whole article saying that, yeah, cap means no lie, and there's a chance that McCutcheon comes back, perhaps. There's mutual interest, blah, blah, blah. Ned Kutch tweeted today, guys, the cap emoji means a lie, and it was about they've been in touch. So the Pirates have not been in touch, but that does not necessarily mean that McCutcheon wouldn't be interested. I doubt McCutcheon comes back to Pittsburgh, though, this offseason, although I am all for it. thousand percent, I'd love to see it, but uh, that was just a funny little Twitter thing. Um, Yeah, it's been a pretty exciting few days for Major League Baseball, which is ironic because, like I said at the top of the pod, the lights are going off soon. Um, and we'll see how long this lockout lasts. A few more things here before, before we get off, get off the pod and uh, peace for the time being. Pretty... Pretty disturbing uh, news from Major League Baseball. There was an article that came out today. Um, let me find it. I'll find it here in a second. But basically the article said, and there's there's a quote here from Rob Manfred. Well, it's a quote of a quote. But basically the thing is, is that Major League Baseball used two different balls this year. And they basically just switched them up whenever they felt like it. One of the balls was bouncier and helped with offense. And the other ball was, was a dead ball. And it uh, helped with not offense, basically. And I'm just going to read the little blurb here. It says, uh, this is Rob Manfred talking. You know, send the bouncery baseball, bouncier baseball, lighter baseball, whichever flies more, to a prime time series, Manfred told me, listing off marquee matchups like Yankees, Red Sox, and Mets, Phillies. Then, he suggested, send more dead baseballs to the Texas versus Seattle matchups or, you know, Detroit versus Kansas City. No one's, no one's going to bat an eye. To me, that is just absolutely crazy. I know that the baseball business has been, it's been fishy ever since Manfred has been the commissioner of baseball really has. But the fact that, that that's the case that they, they had two different balls floating around based on matchup. 
especially too when you consider degenerates like me place money on these games over unders i mean and when also you consider the fact how much mlb has been incorporating these betting sites into their game making it you know partnering making it easier to bet blah 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 the fact that they can just switch balls on a whim like this absolutely absolutely crazy absolutely crazy and i'm trying to find the article here i'll find it in a second um yeah to me that's just i mean i'm kind of speechless to be honest and whenever you consider that the team you root for the pittsburgh pirates I would guarantee you that they got the dead balls more than often, which on one hand, that would be great for guys like Brian Reynolds makes his season look even better. Perhaps it makes Kevin Newman season look not as bad, but when you look at the pirates pitching, that just makes it look even more terrible because the pitching as we know was absolutely awful for the pirates um excuse me excuse me excuse me i am still still trying to find find the old article here that came out today today give me one second i'm on the twitter right now Baseball, it's like that. How about Max Scherzer getting three years, $130 million? All right, here we go. Uh, From Bradford William Davis, did you know MLB used not one but two different baseballs all season and that the balls were designed to perform differently? You didn't? Well, the players, coaches, execs, execs and scouts i spoke said they didn't either buckle in we got a story to tell this is on businessinsider.com and uh there's a paywall behind it which isn't great but yeah different balls absolutely crazy absolutely crazy um i think that's that's a pretty pretty solid spot here for us to wrap things up no cap. Andrew McCutcheon was not reach. The Pirates did not reach out to uh, Andrew McCutcheon. If you believe that to be true, that is cap. But uh, once again, I'll just go over these moves real quick. Kevin Newman coming back. One year, $1.95 million, as is Chris Stratton and obviously Brian Reynolds. But Chad Cool non-tendered, Stephen Brault DFA'd, Colin Moran DFA'd, Cody Ponce released, Jacob Stallings traded to the Miami Marlins for Zach Thompson, Kyle Nicholas, and Connor Scott. Jose Quintana also, that signing was made official. I almost forgot, Ben's, Ben Gamble. He also signed with Pirates avoiding arbitration. One year, $1.8 million. Pirates really... Shoveling out the big bucks for him. Roberto Perez also one year, five million. 
and uh, Yoshi, one year, four million. That's going to do it for episode 52. I'm Nathan Hirsch. Follow me on Twitter at Nathan underscore Hirsch, H-U-R-S-H. Follow Bucks Dugout on Twitter at Bucks Dugout. They are churning out all of the content. Anytime a move is made, you can read about it at Bucks Dugout. And we'll be back here soon enough. We'll see what happens with the lockout. We'll see what happens moving forward. Um, We shall see. Thank you to everyone, as always, for listening. Talk the plank on SB Nation. Everyone have a great rest of your day. And peace out.